At the very <laughs> least, I don't hate you. This is Tall Can Audio. Episode 1056 of the Tall Can Audio Podcast, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for checking out the show. We're on social media at Tall Can Audio. We're happy to welcome back. I thought it had been longer. It's 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 not. He he's he's off the hook. It's 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 a tolerable distance. Uh, Chris Hoffley's back. What's happening, man? Hello. Glad to be back. I was being a little too hard on you as we discussed. What else in the is in the room? I <laughs> that intro music though was great. Oh, good. I felt like I'm in a club. I never go to clubs. I hate clubs. But if I was in a club, that's what I'd want to hear. It's, I can't even tell you the last time I've been in a club and now I've lost interest in that music knowing that it's giving off a club vibe. So that's, that's not me at all, man. Yeah. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, wherever you're hearing us right now, Spotify, Apple pods, Google podcast, wherever you are, there's a follow button. There's a subscribe button. Go ahead and hit it. Uh, if you want a little bit more of Chris Hoffley, I can't imagine by the end of the episode, that'll be the case, but uh, you can follow him on Instagram at Hoff on sports and on Twitter at Chris Hoffley and on OnlyFans. At, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that that stays private. <laughs> that stays private. This is why this is not a video. <laughs> Only Hoff. Yeah. Low, low, low hits on that website. Uh, what are we drinking today, man? Well, we are about to crack open oh, a. What are we drinking uh, now? <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> we definitely didn't start this. Sh- no, no. The, the, we didn't have a pre-show at all. No, no. In the um, green room. We're gonna crack open. <laughs> we're gonna crack open a Nita Light by the fine folks at the Nita Beer Company. I know a friend of the shows, For friends sure. of the show. Yep. And uh, Hoff was in here last week. Nope. Andy Nita was in here last week. I was not here <laughs> last week. This is a good <laughs> start. Remember, I know we're off and running here, man. Uh, Andy was in here, and I had to tell him like. I, and he wasn't on the air. He was just in for a pint or two and dropping off a couple of things, but I'd ordered a few of the, the lights. Cause in January trying to pump the brakes just a little, I'm not ever going to be a dry January guy. I don't believe in it, but maybe a damp January. <laughs> no, it's horrible. Maybe that, a, that's horrible. Maybe a moist. A mo- no, I knew you were going to know. No. <laughs> Cause that sounds like it means something else. It really entirely. does. Um, but, uh. Andy was nice enough to drop off some of the, the needle light for us and uh, a couple other things because it can't be all light. There's all something the to be said about a light lighter beer once in a while. Yeah. Especially, you know, if you're having an afternooner perhaps. Right. Or, uh, and I, I you know. find that one, like it's still a light beer, clearly, but it's got a little more body to it than a lot of lights. It's got a little more flavor to it yeah, somehow. Yeah, I like it. It's tasty. It's pretty nice. So, yeah. Uh, I am not going in that direction at this point. Uh, I am taking something from the Great Lakes Brewery. This is the Haze Mama. IPA. I don't know that uh, I really understand the title, but I like it. I like the title. I I think I've tried this once before, maybe a year or two ago, but uh, that's okay. I think you have to say it with a more like sultry voice, like, Hayes Mama. Hayes Mama. This is like the creepiest section. The show is now ever at done. least a PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it reminds me of, and it might just be the term Mama. Pretty much everyone I know, friends and family are down in the Bahamas right now. I know you and I were talking in the green room about yeah, the yeah. last time I was in the Bahamas. Everyone I know is there except me. So this is, I guess, my my vacation beer, right? It's, it, it's supposed to be kind of tropical. It's supposed to be kind of fruity. Maybe what you'd be drinking if you were one of those people enjoying a nice 25 degree sunny day down I'm, on the beach. I'm right really now. not feeling the winter right now. Mm. 
I find as I get older, as a born and bred Ottawan, that the winter appeals to me less and less yeah. every year. Yeah. So this year I've been kind of angry and bitter about it. But, and I am going south later. So you tweeted the, about Vegas. At the, well, yes, I am doing a uh, Palm Springs slash Vegas Okay. Like eight days. Sure. When's this? Uh, end of February. So okay, before yeah. before yeah. like football stuff really starts to get crazy, but yeah. just after free agency. Right. Um, when PR people are still needed here. Exactly. So I'm going to escape for a little bit, go get a tan, hang out in the desert. Did anybody contact you? You were looking for hotel recommendations. Yeah. I have yeah. a few, I have a few good friends that have some suggestions. Some hookups. Yeah. So and Vegas is one of those places where if you look properly, you can always find some. Yeah. Crazy deal. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so. I've only been down there once, but it was awesome. And it was, what's your split going to be? Because Vegas is one of those places people feel like they're going to bite off more than they can chew, right? Like, don't, you don't need to book Vegas for a week. No, that's like insane. Three, I would, four nights in Vegas. I will die. We're doing three nights in yeah, Vegas. Yeah, that's about right. I do man. five nights in Palm Springs right. and three nights in Vegas. That's about right. Yeah. So fired up for that. Okay. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about here before we get into a couple of different topics, look, we're going to talk a little bit about some big news around the Red Blacks. We're going to talk a little bit about some bad news around the Flyers. Uh, lots to get to here today. Before we do though, because I just saw this before you, just before you arrived, the Rideau Street McDonald's is closing. <laughs> did you know this already? I did. Okay. Come April, they've chosen not to renew their lease. It's a fairly, and this is actually, I believe it was in the Ottawa Citizen that I was just reading. They used the term the infamous Rideau Street McDonald's and the notorious Rideau Street McDonald's. Yeah, it's both of those things, it is. I think. Now you're you're born and raised in this yeah. area. I'm I'm transplanted here, but I've certainly had my own run-ins with the Rideau Street McDonald's. Were you a loyal like when I would go out, especially cuz I'm not I we just talked about it. I'm not a club guy. I'm a pub bar kind of guy I would be coming from the Highlander which is right there right the Dubliner uh, maybe the Heart and Crown these sorts of places and at one or two in the morning when last call is it there before I jump in a cab to go home I want some fucking McNuggets right Fuck now yeah. right now and McNuggies it, you'd go in there and it would be busier than whatever bar you had just been in were you a loyal visitor I wasn't a loyal visitor because no. I never really I never lived that close to that part of the town no. part of town and I never like you said I'm not like I was never a big like market guy okay yeah but I certainly have been there yes I certainly have been drunk in the market <laughs> at the weird hours in my you know misspent youth and right. early adulthood so yeah I, I have and actually what as, as a reporter for the Ottawa Sun which I was before I started my my current job seven or so years ago yeah um I definitely had to go there twice for different things, like 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 some big fight or you know a, someone died close by. Like there was always something crazy, like either right in there or like McDonald's adjacent. There was always McDonald's like it was just it, there was this area around it that was that's a term that a, needs to be used more in real a estate. McDonald's adjacent. <laughs> I would buy that. Yeah, exactly. Man. Um, yeah, so I've been there. It's it's a it's, it's a, a scene, interesting. Man. Like it's a fascinating place. Like you talk about places like Vegas where you just want to go and like people watch. <laughs> yes. Rito Street McDonald's is and almost was like was now as of April. Yeah. I don't want to say I'm sad because I don't think we're gonna miss it's it. It's a landmark though. It is a landmark. Like maybe it should become a heritage building. Right, exactly. But they do reference in this article in 2013, maybe the most famous video to ever Was that the monkey one? Um there's two people fighting 
and then someone pulls a raccoon. It was the raccoon, yeah, yeah, not a monkey. Monkey's Ikea. <laughs> right. Right. I'm mixing up my crazy <laughs> retail fast food stories. Um, yes, the raccoon in the McDonald's. That was... I mean, and this is all like late night at McDonald's. There's a brawl going on and somehow that's not the craziest thing that's happening. Did they ever get deep McDonald's. down to that? Like into that? Like was not it, in this was it like her own like domesticated no raccoon or like because if it was a wild raccoon like you're risking like a lot of rabies oh, and shit man. for like just like you're a, already risking that just being in there a lot of different diseases <laughs> yeah, so many happen. things you could catch pre even pre-covid uh, uh it was a scene and i can remember going in there a few times like i said coming out at different bars or whatever and like you open the door and it it's every bit the bar you just laughed right yeah and, and you're gonna be standing in line for however long um you know, and you're going to try and catch a cab afterwards from yeah, the outside. Like, that see, I, I always, I like to think I was a bit, always a bit sm- ahead of the game and yeah. smarter. Like, I didn't usually want to get food from a place where I knew everyone else who was drunk and hungry like yeah. myself was. I was new in town, man. I didn't know any better. You got, see, like Montreal, like I've been to Montreal so many times, like there's different spots, right? Yeah. Like after the bars close that you want to get a snack. You don't all have to go to the same spot. Nope, it's true. And I generally avoid places that might lead me to being involved in some sort of gang fight. Yeah. Or group, you know, brawl of any kind, or raccoon. But you got someone dragging you around who wants uh, wants street meat at two in the morning. So <laughs> that, that would he that. shall remain nameless. <laughs> he knows who he is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he'll be in here again soon enough. Maybe we'll ask him about it. Then. Another friend of the show. Exactly. Um, yeah, man. To me, it's it's a bit of a loss to the city. And they they talked about, uh, you know. They did ask at one point, hey, could you just crank down the hours? Because it was a 24-hour location, which was the, the the draw, right? That was the whole appeal. And uh, they they started closing at 10 p.m., which hurt their business in a big way. Because look, all those people in there buying late-night quarter pounders, it adds up. And then, you know, we have a pandemic. Uh, before that, Rideau Street is torn up twice, once for the subway, once to redo all the curbs. I think they widened the street a bit there um then the whatever you want to call it there the freedom convoy oh. it hasn't been a great couple of years for that location plus the bad press mcdonald's i guess we shouldn't be shocked that they're pulling out but uh i'll be curious to see what ends up in their next harvey's sure a little late night bk <laughs> i have a feeling it's not going to be a 24 hour uh, fast no, food joint. probably not but uh, it was it's probably going to be like a spinning gym or some uh, thing that we won't ever go to. Significantly <laughs> less busy. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? Um, it's a loss because to me, that's a city landmark. That is, uh, it's one of those things you tell your, hey, you got to, at least once in your life, you got to visit that. We Rito should start Street a petition. McDonald's. Save the Rito Street. <laughs> Protect the Rito Street McDonald's <laughs> at all costs. Yeah, you got my signature. Or turn it into like a raccoon sanctuary. That would be funny. <laughs> Like a pet store. Yeah. <laughs> or just like animals, that, like wild animals that are found that need somewhere to go to yeah, get yeah. rehabilitated. I like it, man. Uh, you got a big heart. I, I like that. Thank you. Yeah. It's probably from a raccoon bite. <laughs> enlarged. It's dangerously, <laughs> yeah, exactly. dangerously yeah. enlarged. Um, look, I mentioned a few minutes ago, we got a few things we could touch on. But before we do, it's been a big week around uh, OSEG and around the Ottawa Red Black specifically. Yeah. Jeremiah Masoli has been locked up again and just earlier today. Uh, Lozo's been brought back in. What's the mood like right now around uh, around the Red Blacks, man? People got to be feeling pretty good. Well, I feel pretty good. Yeah, okay. Um, that's the, the media matters. the media guy is fired up right now, <laughs> um, which I often have to say anyway, even when things are going bad because I am the PR guy. Sure. But this time I mean it. Um, <laughs> no, it's I mean it's great. Like this part of the off season is always fun because you're trying to kind of sort out your own in house group before free agency opens. 
Uh, so to get a guy like Jeremiah extended, um, he was already signed through next year, so we mm-hmm. tacked on another year to that. Um, and it's something that we haven't, you know, had a ton of uh, with the Red Blacks over the years, kind of consistency at that quarterback position. And um, Masoli obviously got screwed out of a full season last yeah. year by some... A lot of us got screwed by that. Yeah, it was not <laughs> great. Um, so I think for him to be able to come in, kind of start the clock with another another two years uh, on, the, on his deal is huge. And, yeah, and I know talking to him, he's fired up to get back. And then, man, Malden, Lozo. Yeah. It's my man. He's a good dude. He's a crazy competitor. The guy's always banged up and bruised and partially <laughs> broken after games because he just puts it all out there and you know, best defensive player in the league. And we're really friggin' fortunate to have him back because he's a beast. Well, and maybe like the greatest ever opening to a press release or like a press statement earlier today. What's good, Ottawa? hilarious man love that kind of stuff yeah right? text, when I, when I texted him like you always get a quote from a player for a press release like that and yeah. they're a varying degree hello of, everyone we are very happy to return yeah, exactly. to Ottawa. and, and not a, yeah because our I mean, families yeah. not every guy knows exactly what he wants to say right. not every guy is used to writing it out that way and sometimes you know we'll help we'll help that along a little bit yeah, and, send them to but Lozo is Lozo, man, and that was that was that was straight from him, and it's exactly the kind of guy he is. So he's excited to be back. We're excited to have him, and pieces are, you know, Bob Dice is the head coach going into this year. Pieces are falling into place, and we're excited. Dice seems incredibly popular amongst the roster. He's the best. Yeah, I, I, you know, just looking at, I don't look. I don't, I'm not suggesting by any means that players were happy to see Lapo go, but when Bob Dice was. A, put in as the interim coach and then named as the full-time head coach. You could see on social media and interviews being done with different players, there was a difference between, yeah, you know, we're a unit and we're all happy to have whatever. No, these guys were excited to have Dice installed, it looked like. Yeah, like no one ever wants anyone to get have no. to lose their job. And, you know, players like take a lot of that personally because ultimately they're the ones playing sure. out there. And so when shit goes bad... Um, you know, everyone feels lousy about it, whether, you know, you're getting f- fired or you're just on a team that's Someone not... lost their job because we yeah, didn't play and, very well. Yeah, and, you know, Lapo's a great guy and, yeah. um, you know, biz- it's, a, it's a tough, tough business, but um, a guy like Dice, like, you just, there's just not many of them that, that exist in sports in this league, and when you have an opportunity to bring him in and talking to players, like, the guys that have been around for a while, they are all just so, like... You know, they wanted Dice. They wanted Dice to be the guy, and then the team did its due diligence and went through sure, a pretty extensive yeah. extensive interview process with a lot of candidates, and um, this wasn't a case of being like, well, everyone likes Bob, so let's make him the head coach, <laughs> um, even though that's, you know, everyone does like Bob. Um, but it, it, it was a process, and ultimately he, you know, came through with the best path to success for this team and like i mean it just it, it does it's a perfect it's best case scenario having that continuity from a guy who's been around for as True, long as he yeah, has knows the guys and who's that knows and like when you talk about respect for a coach like that's one thing like it's a with bob it's like these guys will do what it takes for a coach like that yeah and you want somebody that they feel like pushing for whether you're on special team when you're on special teams or not like it's like guy everyone on that team knows and respects bob so to have him kind of running the show I think is just going to bring and we saw it in the in the few games that he was the head coach for last year he just brings guys brings guys together in a way that we need and I think this is going to get really good going forward I wanted to ask you I wanted to to get inside your your PR guy head uh oh yeah 
So it's going to be echoey in here. It's going to be a little hollow. It's going to take us a second to, to find where we're going. <laughs> um, a couple of weeks ago, the Buffalo Bills, Damar Hamlin goes down. And it was a scary thing to watch on TV. And it was scary for quite a while afterwards. And, you know, obviously he's been released from hospital. He's back home. Looks like he's going to recover. I haven't seen anything. Maybe I just missed it on, you know, his return to play. Can't imagine, obviously, it's going to be this season, if at all. But everybody's just happy that guy's okay. I'm curious, in a position like yours, what is happening during a situation? Like, I know you probably haven't been in that exact situation. But what would be the protocol? A player is down. He's clearly very like, injured isn't the word. This is a guy fighting for his life. What would be happening behind the scenes Amongst the team. I know the league is doing their own thing on return to play, not returning to play, all that sort of stuff. But what will be happening behind the scenes around the team? Who's contacting who? Who's like, what would be, have, you know, God forbid that happened around the Red Blacks. What, what happens there? I mean, that's everyone's worst nightmare. And when you see stuff like that, it makes you wonder about your own processes and what you're, sure. What you're. What your would play is yeah. and and there are you know the processes are there and it, obviously not to the scale that the nfl has because we don't have 15 doctors or whatever they do in the right. in the stadium at a given time which you know is fantastic the nfl obviously has the resources to 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 do that and that's you know saved demar hamlin's life yeah um unquestionably but yeah for us i think you know we, we on smaller scales um with with major injuries um and just things that are kind of out of the out of the blue the first thing is but the focus on the medical aspect of it. So from my perspective as the, as the media guy, you hang back for a little while, you let the trainers and the docs do their, do their thing. And once it's really, you're, I'm waiting for the critical aspect of it to be over. Right. Um, so whatever's life threatening, the life threatening or the, you know, the guy has a broken leg on the field, sure. getting him off. Um, and then my, you know, for my position, like it, it is a priority and my responsibility to notify the general public of of what's going on as best we can. So, and you saw this with the sixty sevens game um, yeah, recently, just our, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Vinny Vinny Rohr, who's a great Austrian player for for us in the Montreal Canadiens draft pick, got kind of awkwardly tangled up and ended up landing on his going kind of airborne and landing on his head. Too, yes, yeah. like it, terrific, you know, out cold. Yeah. Um, and so you again, you wait for the medical people to make sure that he's, you know, that he's good for the most part, and get him off the ice. And and then you're also acutely aware of the fact that the last thing that your fans and his teammates have seen is him in that kind of distress being right. taken off the ice. So you, it's not so much about making sure the media knows what's happening; it's about getting that word out to everyone to be like, "This guy's okay. He's moving. Yeah, he's, his extremities. He's awake. Are, yeah. He's." So at that point, you know, I get on the phone with our GM and our assistant GM, GM and our doctor, and make sure that everyone's kind of on the same page where everything is, and then we hash out a a statement and an update, and we and we get that out there, and then you know, a big focus for us, especially the sixty sevens are different too because they're teenagers, so yeah, and you in spend a lot of cases minors, right? Like yeah, and and so like between myself and Brandon Mackey, who's my colleague at, at OSEG, he was kind of taking the lead on comforting some of the non-playing guys who are just in the hallway waiting for an update. And I was... Who, who would be in charge? Who would be contacting the family? Getting an open line to them, to a wife in the case of 
a pro, maybe to the parents in the case of a junior hockey player. Yeah, so in in, in the case of the 67s, in, in Vinny's case, his family was actually there, um, just happened to be there w- watching this game. So we we had someone, a team staff member, Pull them um, Eileen, Eileen Duffin, who's our kind of education coordinator and d- deals with all the billet families and school for the kids. And right. um, so she went and, and just... And I brought the family down. There was a few of them there, and so they were with him. So that worked out well that way, other than being totally terrifying for of them course, initially. Yeah. Um, in a case where they're not there, yeah, we have we have people in our in our football ops office who are kind of the main point of contact with families and have all that that contact information. Because again, talk about you know notifying the public and ever like if you're watching that as a family member on TV, yeah. You want to, you want to hear, you need to hear from someone as soon as humanly possible. So they're going to make sure the guy, like, get the acute part done and make sure the guy, you know, if he needs to be resuscitated or if he needs to be stabilized in whatever way, you get that done. And then you've got someone immediately on the horn to whoever the emergency contact is for, for a player and, and making sure people know what's going on. It's interesting when I think back to, and even if you weren't watching it live, I'm sure you saw the highlights afterwards in the, the shortened NHL season, Leafs and Habs game one, that John Tavares injury. Right, where he gets a knee to the head and he's mm-hmm. down and uh, unconscious. There's video right away of Kyle Dubas on the phone running, and apparently he's called Tavares' wife. And his whole thing is, I have no information to give her at that point, but I want her on the line in the building. As soon as I know something, she'll know something. And I shortly afterwards saw an interview with John Shannon, who most people will know from Sportsnet as just a, a hockey panelist. But that guy, for years and years and years beforehand, was executive producer for the NHL Network, Hockey Night in Canada. Like, he'd been around, he'd seen some things, and he said something that I thought was really interesting, that while Tavares is down like that and everybody's like, I don't want to see this anymore, could you not cut away, could you not, he goes, your broadcast at that moment has stopped being for the public and it is for one group or one person, Mm -hmm. their family. You don't cut away because they're terrified. They need to see what's happening in that. You don't zoom in. There's a balance to be found there. Right. right? You don't zoom in. You don't want to see too much, but as soon as you cut away, those people panic. They know, well, they know cutting away means there's something they really don't want to show on TV. And that's the word, I agree 100%. And that's where with the Hamlin stuff, like they did cut away because like it is traumatic to see someone. But not right away. No, but it is, they didn't show him having CPR done on him, which is not like, probably not something anyone needs to see it's a traumatic thing to see. but at the same time it's when we saw the team circle up around him yeah. right? and we'd seen that last year maybe the year before there was a soccer game where somebody just dropped and was clearly in trouble i think it was a dutch player i, I don't have all the details in front mm-hmm. of me i probably but both teams circled up around him and the medical people and going and they're not facing in. They're facing out. They have their back to it. They're scared. Yeah. This is their buddy. This they is their, don't want to watch it either. But we're not going to allow whatever, 70,000 people in the stadium and however many million on TV to see this either, right? Well, like well, it's, it's somebody at their most vulnerable, right? And right. You're, you're very conscious at that point of that being a human being. And we've done that too. Like with Red Blacks have gotten hurt on the field and yep. you see one of us sometimes kind of creatively stand in front of the camera right, angle yeah. of the guy getting, because we don't have the luxury like the NFL does of having a tent, like a pop-up tent no, on the sideline or whatever to, you know, pr- like they're, you know, a, an injured player still has some level of privacy that they, that they deserve. Right. right. So, and it's, you know, often, you know, a guy knows if he's had a season ending injury and he might be in tears on the sideline or, or just, you know, badly injured. And there's elements of that that not 
everyone necessarily needs to see. Yeah. And it is that balance of showing enough to comfort the people who actually know him and love him, but not showing so much that the public's getting this creepy view. Yeah. That's why I'm big on quick updates after the fact. Yeah. Forget, you know, the visuals are one thing, but like to be able to go out from an official source being the team and say, listen, like stable, awake, not paralyzed, like things are looking good and we'll update you, you know, as soon as we know more, which is what we, what we do. And then. I guess in Vinny's case with the 67s, he was great. He was released sure. later that night and all all good. But yeah. And Hamlin, it seems like it's on the right path. Yeah. Who know, you know, to very he's much playing depends. future. We'll see. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's, so, there's so many things that you can get diagnosed with that have a cardiac in, implication that, you know, some stuff might be a one and done. Some things might be a yep. long lasting heart issue that you're yeah probably not the vaccine like so many people on like, twitter just rushed to assume people want to assume that close. like any but no one i read something today was like nobody ever dies of anything other than the vaccine yeah, according to these people no. anymore it's like you trip and fall off a curb like probably, balance was impaired by the vaccine yep. probably yeah <laughs> so that kind of bullshit doesn't need any kind of validation validation no. but it's out there pretty intensely no it's true uh what did you think I, you know the guy watching the monday nighter Dallas Cowboys, oh, Brett, Brett Maher, Mahar, Maher, Maher. I had Nate Bahar on the mind. <laughs> Mixed it up. Missed. I think they said for the first time ever, at least in a playoff game, four straight point after. Yeah. Did you touchdown. see they put the graphic for fourth straight miss before he kicked his fourth one? Like uh, as he was kicking it, like yeah. they were almost hedging their bets. That he was Honestly, miss another one. It was for those who didn't see it. The Cowboys are running Tampa Bay out of the building, but. Just keep missing the point after first three. Uh, he misses, and you know that's weird enough. And now you get to this fourth one, you're like, "There's no way, right?" Like, and it uh, it hit the upright and fell, right? Like it. No, it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. You but, know the guy. What's uh, what's he thinking at that point? I mean, I've worked with Brett, and he's a really good guy. Yeah, good at his job. Like he's like it's not a fluke when you now that it's in. over. Would he be able to laugh at it? Like they won, they're moving on. He's a, he's a pretty, he's a pretty intense guy. I think yeah, he'd probably okay. still be stewing a little okay. bit, but I think, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, I would hope and assume that he's got good teammates around him sure. that are telling him to shake it off. Yeah. Um, cause shit happens like kick it. Like if you get the, that's yip, weird. If, that's if you never get gonna the, no, again. that's never going to happen again. But if you get, get the yips <laughs> yeah. as a kicker in a game yeah. like that, like it can, it's such a specific position right. and role that if and that, it's just and you, you you're just doing that like, one thing yeah. so if that like something goes awry and you just you know it's off the and might, like it doesn't usually go that far off no. the rails but um no he's a great guy he's a good player like again you don't make the nfl by like by accident no. um it's and they came out and the team came out and said like we're not gonna cut him in the like mid playoffs no. he's done enough <laughs> good things for us and but kickers have gotten cut for less sure. so like, don't get oh, me wrong yeah. but yeah. Um, no I think you know bad like Bob Dice tweeted something because he's worked with Brett a lot too and right. it's like you know bad night great guy like right you just move past it because they're like what else are you gonna do like you can't you'd feel kick awful the crap out of yourself if, for especially with the Cowboys history at least they won yeah and that's what I was gonna say right is the Cowboys have a like. You miss three or four point afters and end up losing by a f- one point. You go, yep, that's very Dallas Cowboys thing to happen. It's kind of the Maple Leafs yeah. of, of the NHL. But they continue on and they just dominated all the way through. And so I just wondered if at the end of the day, whether he'd be the type of guy to be able to go, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. I think, I think the fact that they won yeah. decisively, I think it's probably a little bit easier for him to be like, all right, we're turning right. the page and maybe I... <laughs> 
kick a few extra like <laughs> a little extra time of practice just just to, you know <laughs> just to make sure but the Miriam Webster dictionary Twitter account in the middle of the game tweeted out just as it always does once or twice a day it puts out a word and then the definition that's what else is a dictionary Twitter sure. account going to do and they tweeted out yips uh, they're like, holy fuck, this is so mean right now. They're right? great. Like, they're so like, they're, oh, I know. they're, they're so the subtle yeah, and like yeah. underhanded. It's yeah. it's good stuff. But yeah, I mean, like working in sports and working as closely as I do with players, I I watch it differently. And I yeah, like I just I'm never you know it sucks. But like some of the sh- the hate that he's getting. Oh, I know. For like it's so extreme. It's like he didn't like run over your baby. Like just like repeatedly take it down four times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he didn't, you know, like get out, like get over it. It's not like if I went up to anyone who had a bad day at the office and was like, "You had four typos in this, dumbass!" Like, right? Like, like throw yourself off a bridge. Like, that's not. I remember, like, this got to be fifteen years ago now, and I can't even remember. It was a kicker. I think he played for Saskatchewan, missed a field goal to win the. Just a, it wasn't even the Grey Cup. It, I think it was the West Final. His name might have been McCallum. Mm. And for weeks afterwards, he ended up having to move because people were leaving bags of shit on his front porch. Yeah, like, and you're like what has gone imagine, wrong in your own life? That- and imagine having that. Imagine having that little to do. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do tonight? <laughs> I'm going to handle. Hey, Jim, I'm going to handle some shit. You got any spare shit? Because I have an idea. <laughs> brutal, man. Yeah, just brutal. Right. That's like that- ha- that's uh, fr- the Billy Madison vibes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brutal, man. Yeah, but uh, so I just wondered, you know, about the guy, and uh, you know whether he'd be in good shape heading into this. Uh, yeah, he's been around. He's a guy that's he's been around. Pro. Like he's had bad games. He's had good sure. games. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, he might not have had one as bad as no. this one particularly. But like it had. You know? At some point, it's more weird than bad. Yeah. Right. Like that was a that was an odd one. Like, and that's it. Yeah. I I can remember, you know, watching games like this and and just thinking like. Wow, he just missed two point after. I don't know if I can remember watching a game where a guy missed two in a row, and then he misses the third. You're like, holy shit! And by the time to- you get to a fourth, you're just like, he's definitely no gonna- way. <laughs> Almost by the time you get to the fourth one, he's like, oh, he's gonna miss this one. Yeah, like, like- just gonna. <laughs> and I remember I tweeted out at that point. I'm like, uh, when they scored the fourth touchdown before the the point after, I was like, I'm so excited to see what's about to happen right now. Either way, it's gonna be a story, right? Yeah. Like, I guess so, yeah. Uh, hopefully, look, I'm. Not really a Cowboys fan. I don't, but I don't want his job either. So yeah, okay. I'm no. criticize him. Well, and that's it. Like, it's one of those ones where everyone is watching, right? And I, I, I was seeing the highlights being tweeted out from the Manning cast, where Peyton's just like, "Just go for two, right? Like, stop putting this fucking guy." Out here. I know, and I know, but I have learned over the years uh, with the Red Blacks to not talk to the kickers usually after if there's a like okay. a bad punch or a kick yeah. like our kid like lou and rich here are the nicest guys you're ever gonna meet but like if something doesn't go quite no. their way you're gonna give no. them like a minute yeah before you like 
Well, because like it's the they only they don't need time. to hear like you'll get them next time. Hey, sport, good try. <laughs> it's the only part <laughs> in the game that comes down to one guy, right? It's it's not a QB who's missed no. his receiver or somebody who's missed his tackle. It's just you kicking it, and everyone's watching you. And you missed. Yeah. And I'd need a minute to. And I you think. know that camera's right on of you. Of course. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, interesting, interesting stuff. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what went on on Tuesday night around the Philadelphia Flyers. And if people have missed it, uh, we'll set the table here. Uh, it was Pride Night for Philadelphia. And historically what that's meant is what it's meant for most teams. And that's that you use the Pride tape during warm-up. You have lots of in-arena content. I don't know what else you're supposed to call it, right? Like videos and presentations and whatever that are welcoming the uh, the LGBTQ plus community into uh, into your festivities and into what's going on, educating people and just just being tolerant. Yeah, in general. Imagine and um, nice, right? Uh, this was an endeavor that was pushed by the team. The actual guys on the roster wanted to do more, apparently. And this all comes from uh, Charlie O'Connor, writes for The Athletic, covering the Flyers, that it was the roster who said, let's do the jerseys. Let's wear rainbow jerseys just during warm-up, similar to what you've seen during military nights in the past, guys wearing camouflage jerseys that you're not allowed to wear during the actual games, but during warm-ups you can. Also, the Flyers last year did one, as many teams have in the past, where they all wore Claude Giroux's number 28 because it was going to be his thousandth game. You just see different things like that during warm-up. So that's what this was supposed to be. The guys on the roster said, why don't we do, uh, for warm-up, we'll have a rainbow-themed jersey. And it sounds like this wasn't made public to, well, the public or his teammates until the actual moment that it happened. Ivan Provorov says, I'm not wearing that. I'm just not going to go out for warm-up. So when you see that as a media member or as a hockey fan, somebody not taking warm-up, you just go, well, uh, probably an injury of some kind, right? Or he's, he's not obviously not going to play tonight if he didn't take the warm-up. Your mind doesn't go to rampant homophobe right off the bat, I suppose. No. No, not right away. Alleged. It would become... Homophobe. I don't want to get you seen in the show. That seems pretty confirmed. <laughs> um, so everyone else goes out in the... Uh, including, and I, I don't know why I find this important, but I do. Including Tony fucking D'Angelo. Seriously. Where's the rainbow jersey? Like, if you find yourself less tolerant than Tony D'Angelo in any situation, you need to take a serious look in the goddamn mirror. Uh, so they all go out, wear the rainbow jersey. <laughs> that, during, that part of it didn't even occur to me. Honestly, Actually, that's absolutely that's <laughs> fucking, fucking insane. <laughs> uh, they go out, they take a warm up, and uh, when the game starts, Ivan Provorov is out. So, or like, is out there to play. He's in the lineup. <laughs> And every, yeah, out could mean a lot of things in this particular situation. He was not out. Uh, he was in the lineup to play the game. And so people are like, that was weird. And it takes a few minutes for even some of these reporters and people to start poking around going, wait, wait, wait. Was that about the rainbow jerseys? And so people start asking around, people within the organization, you know, these different reporters have different sources and it comes out, yeah, the guy has just told them at the last possible moment, yeah, I'm not fucking wearing that. I'm not going out for warm-up. And that'll be that. Because he's, I guess, doesn't want to go out in a normal warm-up jersey while everyone is 
you know, participating in this team event. And so I want to play for you what happened after the fact, and then we're going to, we're going to talk this out a little bit, but, uh, John Tortorella is the coach, the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, first question again, comes from Charlie O'Connor and kudos to him for not just letting it be brushed off. He asks a follow up as well. Here is the uh, post-game press conference or just a couple minutes of it from, uh, uh, Charlie O'Connor talking to John Tortorella after the game. For the game, um, there was a report that he wasn't in warm-ups because he didn't want to wear the, the Pride jersey for Pride Night. Do you have any comment on that? Yeah, I, I think the organization has sent out a release regarding the organization, the, the, the beliefs that we have uh, and how we feel about it, and really a great night. Um, with Provy, uh, uh, he, he's being true to himself and to his religion. This has to do with his belief in his religion. And it's one thing I respect about Provy. He's always true to himself. Uh, and so that's that's where we're at with that. Um, is there any consideration on your part when he chose not to wear the jersey to not play him as a result? No, no. I'm not going to answer many more questions on it because I, I just think it's unfair. Uh, I know you're going to probably talk to Provy, but... Um, yeah, that, 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 I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I, I think it was a great night in celebrating. Uh, organization has put out a, a statement, and I'm not going to get too deep into the conversation. We put out a statement. Please stop asking me. Please, please just refer to the statement. That is painful to listen to you, Torts. Uh, a few minutes later, reporters, of course, do descend on Ivan Provorov and want to ask him about it. I would encourage you to also pay attention to how quickly some of these reporters were prepared to move off the subject. We'll play that. Everybody, and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like, I would answer those. So with the game tonight, Ivan, um, obviously Kevin Hayes had a hat trick and uh, Erasmus's first goal of the season. Can you walk us through the emotion that the team is feeling in that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, we all want to hear about Rasmus's first goal of the season. So many thoughts. At this point. Fuck. Uh, and I think you have over there uh, a statement that was produced, uh, put out today by the National Hockey League on their thoughts on A, Ivan Provorov not taking part and B, the Flyers then still allowing him to play afterwards. Uh, and we'll dig into all of this, but let's get the NHL's reaction here too just before we uh, we go any further. All right, so from the NHL and then lesson on how not to write a statement <laughs> in a particular circumstance uh, is as follows. Hockey is for everyone is the umbrella initiative under which the league encourages clubs to celebrate the diversity that exists in their respective markets and to work to achieve more welcoming and inclusive environments for all fans. Clubs decide whom to celebrate, when and how, with league counsel and support. Players are free to decide which initiatives to support, and we continue to encourage their voices and perspectives on social and cultural issues. So That's the whole statement. That's it. No, we're disappointed no, we think the Flyers should have done this or this. Just, hey, you guys celebrate or not celebrate or frankly fear whoever you want, right? 
Um, it's so vague, and it opens the door in such a weird, dangerous way that, like, I wonder, and it, it's important here, people are going to not love this, and, and this would be something, again, that I'd be curious to get your your take on. The Flyers are owned by Comcast, a gigantic corporation. Uh, the league and the PA also have many, 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 many lawyers. I wonder if they were able to not play him. We can argue, and we will. Actually, you and I probably won't argue much. No, I think, we're, I think we're probably on the same page. But <laughs> Whether Tortorella was too forgiving, too supportive, we can talk about that. Um, you know, we can talk about a lot of things. But legally, I do wonder if the team is able to say to him, if you're not taking part in the warm-up in this team initiative, this thing that all of us are doing together, then you're not playing tonight. It's 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 a reasonable question to ask. Um, it sucks to ask it. Yeah, I don't want to be that does, guy. No, I don't it, want and it it's to very, seem like it's I'm very, supporting. It's very possible yeah. because, I mean, it, it's an interesting one because by all accounts, the player announced very like last minute that this wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So I wonder how, how much, much time, time they had they? to like yep. get the lawyers on yep. the horn. Um, if it's fair, if it was just a case of him deciding right before warm that he didn't go on, then fucking right. I think Tortorella has the ability to say, like, guys get suspended for a game for missing a team meeting on a Monday. It's true, man. Like if you're late for like so let's let let's like like cut the bullshit on this one. Like you could have sat the guy for missing a warm up. Let's let's put aside the issue or what, that he's missing the- twenty thousand dollar fine. Sure. But let's put aside <laughs> the issue that he's missing it for for a second. Right. Just missing, skip, deciding on your own to skip a warm-up before an NHL game. Right. Pretty sure is at least finable or grounds to not play in the game. No, it's that, true. That would just be my opinion because guys have missed games for way less. More trivial things, I would think. If we think back to this past summer, the Tampa Rays had a, a pride night where they were going to wear, I think it was just a hat. It might have been part of the uniform. I can't remember, but it might have just been the hat. And five pitchers said, we're not wearing that. And so, yeah, that came out at least a day before the game. And I'm not defending them. I still don't agree with them, their stance, but they were interviewed. They faced the, they didn't say, I'm not going to answer any more questions about that. They were interviewed. They put their point of view out there. It still sucked. It was still gross, but it was put forward well ahead of time. And that league as well, neither the Tampa Bay Rays or Major League Baseball chose to suspend them they were allowed to be a part they're scared the The leagues are scared to yeah see and like i I tweeted this today like at the end of the day someone can decide not to do something based on what like their perceived religious freedoms or their free their you know right to free speech so like he can do you know fine you want to do that because no one can make you do it yet no one's gonna hold you down and make you put the jersey on right but you're not immune from the, the discussion and the consequences nope. from this shit now. And you're not immune from being called homophobic right. and intolerant because, like, listen, like, we, you can use religious or free speech freedoms to back up anything you want to, you know, that's against the quote unquote, like, grain the in public. Mob. Yeah. So I don't buy, like, that just no. doesn't wash for me. Like, it's. I, I don't know the ins and outs of the Russian Orthodox. No, but other religions. Russian hockey players have used the rainbow tape before. Have, right. Uh, like and this. 
And for me, it's no like, one asked him. Look, at the risk of being crude, no one said go out there and kiss a man. Yeah, no, but like, that, but, but that's always, but minutes. that's always the thing with with celebrating pride and being, you know, being an ally. Like, no one's forcing you to do friggin' anything other than say that I don't want these people to dis- be discriminated against. Right. Because you're welcome here. This is who they are. You're a part. You're of welcome. This. I don't have to be your best friend. No, I, I, I don't even have to necessarily religiously believe in what. No, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. What? I don't hate you. Yeah, well, at the very, very <laughs> least, yeah. I don't hate you. And that's like the very, like, you know, like, come on in, buy a ticket and some popcorn because it's going to pay my fucking salary. Yeah, it's it's performative. And for him to say, to come out afterwards and say, I'm not answering any more questions about this. Like, it's my religion and that's it. Like, I'm sorry. And the and the way, and you mentioned it, the way the reporters were just willing to move off of that so quickly. Oh, what because he's power play tonight? No. And even as a PR guy, there like sometimes I want reporters to move off a certain sure, topic. Of course, yeah. But at the same time, I understand when there's an issue that's going to be, you know, that is going to need to be talked about more. I would have prepped my organization. I would have prepped my head coach a hell hell of a lot better than Torts was prepared. Wow, for this and Tortorella himself has got a spotty hit. Look, and you have to put the you have to put the actual issue not aside, but like there's so many parts of this that were handled badly. Yeah irrespective of the issue like it just how you how you defend someone for doing something that's basically indefensible and how you won't talk about something that you need to be talking about and how you're on a, you have a platform like Tortorella well and, and you don't do anything more to say it was a nice night and you know blah 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 like, we have the statement please read the no, statement it's gross and it's just the the excuses around it like the well he can say whatever he wants well he, and that's it like religious freedom that I'm pretty sure like I don't think the Bible, like at least you know, like like the don't Christian Bible, shirt. like I don't think it's like we hate the gays and hate the gays forever. I'm pretty sure that's not ever. Ex- no. So like it, it's such a, well, so, I don't know. It, it you you don't like someone and you want to find somewhere to hang it on. Like I guess you know you do you, but you can't be surprised that this is going to be a shitstorm of publicity for Provorov, you. Provorov technically does have the right to say I'm not of wearing course. that. And I have the right to go. Then you're a fucking yeah. But that's that's how this works. <laughs> and the and the side that preaches this like I have the right for whatever, and then goes crazy when anyone here. like yeah. criticizes it. It's like no, you know what? You're gonna spark a bigger conversation, and may, I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing in the long run that we're that more people are gonna talk about this more because I still think diversity and pride and tolerance in sports is not where it needs to be. No, so. and that NHL statement is a perfect example of yeah, it. Yeah, it's just it's. And so John Tortorella, when he comes out there, is what it is. It is. It is. And so when John Tortorella comes out there and he says, that's Provorov, it's his religious belief. If he stops there, even if he does point you to the statement multiple times. Jeez. I think we said it in a statement. Yeah. Even if he does that, you still, you can criticize him and you should for putting that guy in the lineup and that's okay. It's that he keeps going and says, and that's one of the things I love about Provi. No, stop. You've no, you're so far off base now, right? If you had just oh, said, yeah, that was but yeah, yeah. Like, if you had just said, Provorov said this goes against his religion and his beliefs, and he was being true to himself, and then you stop. And you also, s- he adopted a kitten one, so he's right. a great guy, right? right? It's, if you had stopped there, you go, I still disagree with you. But the fact that you kept running through this, and that's what I love about Pro. Nope, nope, you're missing the mark, man. Or, or no, all he has to say, like he needs to say, you know, it's a we're gonna talk, we're gonna have a con- we're gonna have more conversations internally as a team. He shouldn't have played him. 
And again, he he missed warm up. Like he shouldn't have played him. And then they could have handled it from a PR aspect as that as they wanted to. They could have said it was a team decision. It was a X Y Z. He you know well, whatever. Because this also would not if have gone wanted, over well. If your whole goal is just to protect your team from the shitstorm that it's getting now. You Oof. can be, you could, they could have been sneaky about it yeah. and just you'd like done this in a way that doesn't. I uh, came down cr- sick right before the game. Like there's just, it's just dumb from, on, from so many different angles. And again, like the core angle is this guy sucks issue with being a homophobe. I, like I said, but, I, but there, there are roughly 21, 22 guys on an NHL roster taking the warm up each day. And. On every single team in the league, you know that at minimum, there's one guy who at minimum is uncomfortable. For sure. With gay people or trans people or whatever. You or just call. uncomfortable with shows of, you know, support for any cause. Sure. They're not totally like. Whatever it might be. Again, yeah. military night when you wear the, there's. 100%. There's lots of anti-war people. In, I don't really want to wear the. But yeah. your team is doing it and all that's being asked of you again, is not to go out there and start kissing men. I'm sorry. I know that comes off as good. You it can. put Sure. But no one's asking <laughs> you to do something against your religion. It's put on a shirt and say to the couple people in the crowd that night, you're welcome here. You're safe here. The biggest- and if you can't do that, and I wonder what that does in the locker room, because this clearly was a player-driven initiative, that it went from... We're not just going to use the tape and warm up or whatever. No, Let's gonna, do the jerseys. Do Let's. We're going to do a little bit more. There was a couple of different stories on James Van Riemsdyk. Wait till you Scott see. As, as a side note, wait till you see the pride jerseys. Six, the six sevens have coming out uh, for that game. They're sweet. Uh, I'm picturing the barber pole with slightly different colors. They're, no, it's uh, way more creative. Than okay, that, all actually. right. Actually, I'm, I'm going to let you let you see it for yourself. But sweet. It, they're uh, yeah. It's so. If that started in the locker room, and by all accounts, Provorov is already a not particularly popular guy in his locker room, you you undid everything we just tried to do. This night was no longer about the Flyers welcoming people into their fan base. No, he made it about him. This is now about you and what you did and everything else that just happened tonight. All the good that we tried to do was completely undone by your bullshit. Yeah. I wonder, man, what that does inside of a locker it was room. Sel- it was selfish as hell because that's all anyone wants to talk about. As opposed to, you know, I think when any any city, any American city especially, decides to fully commit to an, an initiative like this, yeah. it just shows such good growth in so many different ways. And then all it takes is one, body, one person to come along to be like, I'm not wearing this. Like, if, just, just if like, I'm part like of a team... And 20 of my teammates go, we're all wearing this tonight. I don't know what that would have to be that I go, not me. Yeah. You're part of a team here. You're part of an organization. Yeah. And no one asked you to do anything crazy. And then it undercuts all of your organization's messaging because they can't put yep. out anything now nope. about, about nope. pride or tolerance or racism or like whatever because the they're going to get more intolerant. So anything they put out about being kind to people that aren't exactly like you is going to be responded to. What about with, Yeah, exactly. So like you just you just fuck everyone else over for like to make a shitty point. That's not even a point. Which he didn't make. No. He's preventing. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. What he said at the end. So he yeah. didn't make a so point. So it's not like he, you were, or he thought he was. I don't know what he thought. He, I, or I don't like. I don't know if he was stupid and thought that this would never get out. That's Ugh. that's nuts. <laughs> so I I don't know what the. I mean, I would love to have been a fly on the wall of that conversation. 
What is um, happening again? I'm going to put you on the spot. What goes on? And yet this, by all accounts, dropped at 6.30 p.m. Excuse me, for a 7 p.m. game. The PR staff working behind, like they see that guy not take the skate. They know right away. Yeah, I'm having He a, was healthy. Oh, shit. I'm having a small stroke. My night just yeah. exploded. And this is an NHL team. It's got a PR guy and then PR staffers and in, like people know. Oh, no. I think in our organization, anyone, I, I mean, I would do it if given the opportunity. I think any, if that was a one off, you know, like a one person situation, I think anyone would try in that in our group to try to have a rational conversation with that person and be like, listen, man, like it's too late. It's too so, late, and like he didn't here's the warm up. My thing is always like for, coming, not, not even just with this issue, this issue. Like whenever I've over the years run into players who don't want to do media or want to go into like media with kind of a fiery, yeah. you know, I'm going to say this. Like I, I'm big on explaining what the end result here's what's coming. is going to be, and I've developed a pretty good sense of that over time <laughs> as to how things are going to play publicly. So I'm very, you know, very calmly be like, hey, this is you know again like. You're you're your person, like you be you, but like this but, is how this is going to play out. Yeah. Fortunately, this particular particular situation, I haven't had to deal no. with, and we, as you know, OSEG as an organization has done some really great in the in the pride yep. and diversity spaces. So, um, I hope I don't have to have that kind of pep talk with anyone <laughs> at any point. But, um, yeah, it's a shitty it's a shitty thing, and it's a distraction from like actual good work that organizations are trying to do man a couple of more places we could go here but before we do we've uh, had to reach in grab from the fridge again this time uh you've chosen for both of us what do you got with here we have why a new I one say it that we, way why what we got oh, with? <laughs> that's weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> um we have a new one for me in fact uh the fenelon fenelon we'll go with fenelon fenelon, fenelon falls brewing company's yeah. italian style pilsner i decided uh Unlike Ivan Provorov, I'm a good teammate. I'm going to ride with <laughs> you, you here. Just join me here? <laughs> yeah. What do we know about the, uh, have you ever been to Fenland Falls? I have not. Okay. Near Bob Cajun, near Lindsay. Uh, yeah. Fourth is there. I, I am familiar with Bob Cajun, thanks okay. to the Tragically Hip. Oh, yeah, everybody is. Um, <laughs> and it's an old world pilsner. Yeah. And get this, it's made with traditional hops. Okay. For a crisp, <laughs> clean, and extremely sessionable uh, beer I beverage. I know people talk to this way. <laughs> Because Matt, whether you're heading home, heading through the locks in the summer, or down the sled trails in the winter, or anything in between, Fenelon Falls is here. It's true. It is. Um, I've had a couple things from this brewery before. It's not too far from uh, the family cottage. I spent quite a bit of time in the uh, in the summer. In the Kawarthas. Yeah, it's good, man. Take that, Muskokas. <laughs> Kawarthas. Where it's at. More fun to say. Yeah, no, for sure, man. That's and, nice. And uh, better milkshakes. So, uh, yeah, the Italian pills. Pil- you may have to take over. We got the thrills for the pills and Matt is being rendered unable to speak. <laughs> it happens from time to time. Uh, a couple, like I said, places we got. Did you happen to see, maybe tangentially related to what we just finished talking about? Love a good tangent. Bell Let's Talk is next Wednesday. They decided to pull away from the idea of the, whatever it was, nickel per hashtag use, per text message, per phone call, Facebook item share. And I wonder if there wasn't a little self-preservation involved in that decision because we're like a couple years in a row now into doing Bell Let's Talk in late January 
and then like the first week of february being like by the way we just closed like four radio stations <laughs> and fired a couple hundred people the timing has never been good um like i've got mixed feelings because like it's easy to shit on bell let's talk yep um and i certainly have a little like yeah like a part of it because i, I get the the corporate the like of course what if, there's you some know, skepticism like, of why and, and really deservedly so yeah, I, like yeah, yeah. skepticism is healthy yep in most cases yeah but it has like there needs to be action like there needs to be like even if they are doing it as a corporate write-off and as sure a, i don't care I, I don't good. give a shit i don't give a shit what their the, what their no. business reasons no. are for you want to get tax breaks from it fill your boots Unquestionably, it does open those some discussions discussion. have happened, document uh, like documentaries have happened, but as, telling their stories. As someone who's very you know personally and in general an advocate for you know mental health, yeah. better attention to mental health, better resources for mental illness, it it's always rung a little bit hollow with me because I think I just don't see kind of the fruits of that labor and i get it like you know we're tweeting what's the big deal five cents here five cents there but like it's a lot of money it adds up and so we should say bell is still going to donate a lump sum yeah i like, can't remember I what want, i want to see the money going into it still but it doesn't need to be this like I, I, perform I, I, I don't know i think it just encourages a lot of people who never give three thoughts to mental health no you're right to about that. just throw it Today. out there and be like here I tweeted the hashtag. Like, yeah, exactly. But and I don't notice that my closest friend is suffering or No, I don't I think don't I don't think it's harmful. Or, I think is it a little hypocritical that they talk about mental health and then I mean the media industry is not necessarily is not Bell Media's fault in the way it is, but right. it, it always lines up in a really unfortunate Yeah, like what you do way. your corporate review the week after. <laughs> but I but I, yeah, but I am someone who believes that we aren't and we haven't and we never do enough to address acute mental health I think issues that's right. in and society. I, and this is not... I, I just... I For me, it was always, yes, this is transparently Bell attaching themselves to a cause, but I did feel like it was doing some good. Yeah, and I, think, I did feel like it did encourage, even if it was one more person, yeah. to see a tweet or a post or a whatever that said... Hey, I this happened to me whatever a year ago, or I'm going through something right now, and to go, oh, okay, it's not just me, right? Like I, I do feel like it did some good, and I, and so it's a difficult thing to try and evaluate the trade off, right, between Bell doing just their press, yeah, well, especially when you hear about how difficult it is still for people to access, yeah, you know, different kinds of whether it's psychiatric or psychological care and other mental health resources like yep. it's hard and it's not you know is it better than it was 20 years ago fuck i think so and i hope so but i don't know think it's i don't think it's and better like it, it hasn't improved enough for i was willing what to accept what of. bell was getting out of it for any good that it might be creating well i, I think you're not i think anyone's trade. naive to think that any organization or company that starts this kind of initiative is high. not getting something out of it on the yep. back end like of course like that's that that's just business. So I don't begrudge Bell that necessarily, but I need more I need more action. I need more tangible proof yeah. that like shit is happening with the money that we're, you know, tweeting into existence. What I do begrudge Bell is this year, what it clearly looks like is all right, they're on to us, right? <laughs> like yeah. we can't do the hashtag thing. People are going to be slamming us all day pointing out our hypocrisy. 
you know what? We can't stop. Like you, you don't want to just full on pull the plug, right? Thing, so but. here's I I don't even remember the number. It's a substantial number. It might I be like twenty five million or something. Like maybe I've overshot at five million. Whatever it might be, they're going to make a similar donation to past years fundraising to the same places they have. And we're just kind of going to forego well, and, the hashtags and the text. And, and good the, because like, it's not going to grow beyond what it is. But don't like to me, that's more irritating this year. Like we're not doing it because we know you're going to hurt us. Right. We know you've seen our shit. Yeah. I mean, like again, the cynic in me, I'm like, what? Like, they could have always just done this. They could have tripled. Yeah. They could have tripled what they were giving. You know, with with every tweet. if it, uh, if every year it raises five million, just donate the five million. And yeah, don't make people. But again, like I go back to it. like I have had legitimate conversations with people in this like the mental health world because of yep. let's talk. Yeah, or I've argued with people in a meaningful way where we actually you know Agreed, get somewhere man. with an argument. And that's so why, like again, I'm not the donation, told, but I do think they need to grow beyond this. Like, yeah, look at us. We tweeted some stuff, right? So I'm I hope they innovate Maybe more every Thursday you put out some sort of <laughs> something but I hope they innovate more in this in that space because there's so much more yeah, to be done but there's just, a need just, for sure you know just a hashtag for a nickel is not where we're at anymore I don't think I'm not loving this beer to be honest with you it's a little odd yeah I'm not uh I've had a couple good things from the Fenland Falls Brewing Company before, but this this isn't going to rank highly I don't think uh I wondered what your thoughts were on Nathan Rourke signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars this week because that guy was man, what a story this I past figured, season. This, this was gonna, I knew this was gonna happen three games into his last season, right? Like, <laughs> so and the argument for the cynics or for people who uh, just love to shit all over everything is, oh, so he's gonna go sit in the sit on the bench and whatever, and maybe yeah, maybe yeah. he just becomes a third string. It's or the NFL. He's also going to get paid substantially more than he would have. And I think it's it, it's a tough balance to strike here. You're in these offices. You're in these meetings. You know what the league runs like here in Canada. But it's a tough balance to strike. What's better for the league? This superstar quarterback that is amazing to watch and you want to see what he's doing and, and having him here and having that star power or he takes that and moves into the NFL and draws attention. Like, look, the Canadian Football League is developing really good players, and not just really good play, really good Canadian players, right? Like Canadian I'm, quarterbacks. I'm honestly not sure. It's, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I don't know if it's, it's hard. Like, I think that did the CFL do that much to develop Nathan Rourke in the short time they had yeah. him? I'm not sure. Right, I think he right. was a really good quarterback coming out of school and into this. You know, obviously it went well. Like Rick Campbell is is a great coach, and he came into a system that you know was you know benefited him greatly. And he's a talented, talented guy that mm-hmm. seemed destined to go to the NFL. But I also like I don't think I would never expect a player with that, that interest to ever like be like, well, I could do great things in the like CFL, seven- so I want to. Grow the league. 17 NFL teams interested yeah, like, that he met with. Like it, it's crazy to me that people are pissed. Like some people are legitimately pissed at him for not being like I could be a franchise quarterback in the CFL and grow this league. And make like no grand. every young like every kid football player at nine years old, Canadian or American, uh, any like freaking wherever in the yeah, world yeah. that has a football like an American football in their hands wants to play in the NFL. Yes, 
Like no matter like like you and I, I CFL love the CFL. Guys, we I, love the CFL, like, but I will I, I will it. defend the CFL. <laughs> I will promote the CFL. Yeah, like with everything I have because I do think it's a tremendous league, and I think it's more entertaining than the NFL. Agreed, man. I more do often than not, I'm with you. But you have to be realistic. Yep. Like I love my job, but if the NFL came calling and was like, <laughs> "Do you want to be the?" Shit, I don't know. Detroit Do you want to be the Lions. Detroit Lions <laughs> director of communications and we'll quadruple your, your your salary? And like, yeah, you know what? I'm at least going to think about it. Yeah, and I'm not so even f- with the and Lions. I, and I'm not far and ahead. I'm not far and away that like I'm not that far ahead of the game compared to my competition that Nathan Rourke like Nathan, was as yeah. a young quarterback. So, yeah. no, of course he's going to the NFL and. It's not like he's, you know, if it doesn't work out for him in the NFL, every single CFL team yep. will ha- would have him back whenever, anytime. Yeah. It, it, we've seen so, this. So, like, it, it's all it's all win for him. I think he has to do that. I, he'd be nuts not to. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he plays an NFL game soon. Maybe he plays one in four years. Maybe he never plays one and ends up back in the CFL. But, man, like, let the kid give it a go. Yeah, I think as a fan of the CFL, there's no – I don't begrudge – CFL fans are being disappointed, right? Like it sucks that that guy, I, I guess I'm happy he's not going to come in here and yeah, <laughs> play the Red Blacks, right? You know, no one wants to play a color right. like that. Other but as far as the league goes, you're like, yeah, it's a bummer that he's leaving. But there's also this, maybe pride is overstating it, but it's just like, no, there are good football players up here. And the NFL every now and then is going to take notice. And I don't know if we've seen, like, I don't know what, his path will be will he be as successful as as Jeff Garcia right who went down there and and became a legit player Doug Flutie much later in his career but still started games I don't know we'll see but I like the idea that all these teams were that interested and he picked one where he had an opportunity maybe not to start right away because who's going to give a CFL quarterback in the NFL an immediate starting Job. No, he, could, he could play he's for three get, other teams before we see him play in the NFL, right. maybe, or maybe never. Like he's could, gotta get in there though and and get noticed somehow. Yeah. And so there is a certain amount of like, good for you, man. Like I'm happy he's for that com- guy. He's I'm, I am off, sad for the league. He's coming oh yeah, for sure. Like you you're sad anytime you lose a yeah. a big player that's a big draw. Like when Deadman when Devontae well, oh, Deadman went left the first time. I've never been sad like, but also you're so happy of for course. these guys. Like I love that man. So yes. like it's like seeing him get that chance. Even, yeah. Like and I mean I'm just as happy that he came back. Of course. But like it's such it's weird mixed feelings because you're like oh shit like losing a really key part of this league. But it like team. vindicates but, like, the league too. Oh yeah, like yeah. you're the best at what you do and you're getting the chance in the biggest stage. It would be like if you're in the AHL and yeah. they're like do you want to go to the NHL? They're no, like actually I no, really I'm, really like I love Belleco. being the leading scorer. Like, <laughs> I'm good here. I'm making 70k a year, <laughs> right. and I'm good. Like it's just not like guys are too no. competitive. If you get to that level of sports, you're you want to go as far as you possibly can get yourself. Yeah, and so love to him, right? And he's and coming off a, an injury, and he still had that much interest, and he's still and he just, like he's just so good. Yeah, like, I think he'll be. I think he'll do some stuff. But again, I'm not a scout, and I have no idea. So maybe well, that's we'll it. Back. Like maybe. He just rides out the rest of his career as a backup in the NFL, still worst, making more worst money. ways to make money. Yeah, making more money than he ever would have in the CFL. And or maybe does, he makes it. Maybe he is Jeff Garcia. And it does right? look we'll good see. either way. Yep, a of CFL course. product, a Canadian kid, early Canadian on in his career. Man, you just don't see it. Man. No, and so it, I, I don't know. I think it's it sucks for the Lions. It's not you know it's too bad for the league. But I, again, this ha- it's not the first time. 
quarterbacks are always more noticeable when yes. it happens. But like, there's lots of star 100%. players that leave the league every year. Multiple, you know, lots of them to go to the NFL and they come back or they don't, and that's kind of part of the thrill of this stupid league too. I uh, I have no idea when the last time you would have talked to this guy would have been. But what do you think the odds are that Jacksonville coach Henry Burris had anything to do with convincing Nathan Rourke this is the spot for you? You know, I it wouldn't surprise me if Hank talked to him. Yeah. Like, I think if you were a Forget CFL. football. If Henry Burris says, do you want to come over and hang out? Yeah, I mean, me? I have no idea. After a two-minute have, conversation, I'm like, I have yeah, no idea exactly how. fun, man. Yeah, like, if it, I don't know how exactly it works. Like, if, you know, if all it takes is Jacksonville calling, being like, <laughs> hey, here you go. And he's like, yes. Hank. But, like, if I'm, like, I know Hank fairly well, and I yeah. think he's a guy, he's a, he's a big promoter of the CFL. Yeah. And as a quarterback and, you know, someone who's done well and is now over there coaching, I think, yeah, I, you know, I think Rourke would have been smart to reach out to a guy like Hank. I think there's a good chance Hank reached out to reach out to him yes. just to sweeten the pot, and especially sure. if there was that much competition. Yeah, and it sounds like there was. Yeah. So. Uh, one of the other things that Oseg has going on before we wrap up here is season two of Beyond the Beyond. Yeah, behind the R, beyond, beyond, behind. Yeah, occasionally Whatever. in front of. <laughs> Could be. Uh, this is largely fronted by a guy you've referenced frequently on this podcast, and we're working hard right now to get in here. A guy named Josh O'Connor. Josh is the man. And uh, he's been pushing this hard on Twitter. Uh, we will put his social links in the show notes at talkinaudio.com or uh, in your podcast app here. And this is very much like a... Uh, the NFL does their hard knocks, right? The NHL's done their road to the winter class. This is a behind-the-scenes kind of um, look at a CFL franchise. And we talked to you before Season 1 started about that and, and whether there was any hesitation to let people in. Obviously, this thing has been successful, but we saw things in Season 1 that I'm not sure we've ever seen in the CFL before. And it wasn't too long after that you started to see other CFL teams go, okay, we're too late to start a season-long series, but we're going to start sharing some more behind-the-scenes video, right? This started a bit of a trend. Uh, are you surprised there's a season two? Was there any pushback after season one from anyone who said we're sharing a little too much? Like, this is this is very up close and personal with the CFL franchise. It is, and season two is going to be even more so than season one, just wow. because there was more time. Josh Josh O'Connor, who again, it sounds just like I'm pouring on the praise because I work <laughs> with him and he made this thing, but he is one of the most creative, talented multimedia dudes that I've ever worked with. He's just an unbelievable. Uh, he's a great guy and an unbelievable talent with right. a with a camera and behind the computer to edit things. So, <laughs> um, and he had this whole year to really kind of immerse himself in it and we're you know he's on the road all the time with us and um it's just the access i mean sean burke it starts with sean burke and our and our executive um that just committed to this all access thing and you know it's going to be meetings where you know it's not a happy time or it's going to be you know difficult conversations with certain staff or players interviews for the coaching job um there's a little bit a little bit of everything so we're not you know, just showing the, and I mean, last season was tough. So we're not, it's, there's not a ton of happy go lucky. No, they're not. And you're going to see behind the scenes of when Jeremiah Masoli got injured in Saskatchewan and you're going to, you know, you're going to see the coaches up in the booth during games, which no one ever sees. Um, 
to your point, we've never we haven't heard. Thankfully, and I, you know, the league have been great about it, telling us to be a little bit less open. Um, <laughs> who knows what happens after this? I know Josh was miking up player like multiple players every game um, and in practice, and so there's live audio from wow, you know, GoPros in meeting rooms, <laughs> um, in the coaches' room. So there's there's shots from absolutely everywhere. So you're gonna see. Uh, a little bit from every aspect of this of this team, and you know, going through the coaching change last year and um, the hurdles that we had to kind of bounce around on uh, during a difficult season. So there's, you know, we're not it's we're not sugarcoating anything. It's going to be a really raw, interesting look at what was a interesting, difficult season, and it's but it's going to be put. It's just going to be so well done, and it's so good. And it's well, just the trailer looks watch. amazing. Yeah, is is episode one tonight? Episode one tonight, so we're what we're Wednesday night right Wednesday now. Wednesday night, it'll be out by the time seven o'clock. So we're as we're recording this, it's six twelve p.m. So yep. it's going to be out at seven o'clock on Wednesday night and on the um, Red Blacks website and YouTube and page. YouTube and more episodes to follow on a weekly basis for the next little while. So there's going to be lots to come. You're the PR guy, correct? Is there a time? To- yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a time where you look around? And you see a conversation happening and one of like Josh is there with a camera where you go, like, oh, all the time. I'd prefer it, that wasn't on it's you, film. Well, or, well, I'll say two things. Yeah. Oh, that happens. It's all good the, for us it, as it a It happens viewer, all the time. And yeah. it's usually when I'm doing something and I look around and Josh is like right up like behind <laughs> me with a camera. I'll be in Sean Burke's <laughs> office or whoever. Will, but I don't worry about it at all because – I'm an angel and never say anything <laughs> inappropriate. But we just, there's such a process that we've put in place to make sure that we, you know, it's all access and behind the scenes, but we're not ridiculous. Like right. You know, we're not trying to get anyone into trouble. Um, and there are parts of the business that you, have, you know, you don't share with the with the whole wide world, so we have a a great process where lot you know lots of eyeballs on it, lots of looking you know making sure that everything that we put out there is is you know what we want you know how the team wants to be represented. Sure. And we're not you know going to get anyone fined or <laughs> but we're but it, it is very raw. We don't yeah. bleep out swear words. We know like there's it's it's a lot of what you see is what you get. But most of the editing at the end of the day is because Josh just has like. So much material, you could have seven hour episodes right. for you know every day of the week, and then we would kill Josh. But we would have <laughs> people ask him, and he's responded a couple times, like, "Why don't you have more? You know, why don't you have three episodes a week?" He's right. like, "Because I am one I'm person, one man. and the guy's got like like a busload of kids, and he manages to navigate being a you know like an amazing dad, um, yeah. and this job that you know is just all in for him all the time, especially as he gets into this." editing process of getting these episodes ready it's really uh it's intense and he just kills it as you're cringing at certain moments how long is it taking management types coaches like sean burke came in kind of in the not in the middle but like this had already been approved and then sean burke steps in this before season one it was right? one of the first things they they did was the interview process yeah and like coaches other players like how long does it take people to get used to you know, I, I, you and I are talking, but I, there's a guy over here with a camera. Like, it was weirdly. Are people like used to it now? Yeah, like, it was weirdly yeah. seamless. Like, it, it, again, it's a testament to people trusting Josh and liking Josh and right. knowing that, you know, there are going to be other eyeballs on the finished product to make sure that we're not making anyone look, you know, right. 
bad. <laughs> Not that that ever happens, but um, I mean, it's still a it's still a team produced sure series. So yep. it, it, you know, there is a, a promotional aspect to it, but while being as raw as possible, so there is that that balance. But um, yeah, guys have really bought in, and Sean bought in really early, uh, and. We well, that's do, huge, right? Once yeah. management says we're and, signing off, and you on just kind of get used to it. Yeah. To having Josh pop around a corner with a camera while you're it's like the office, but. you know. Yeah, you're waiting. <laughs> you're waiting for Bob Dice to do his opening press conference, and Josh just just there. He's very got a like camera on him, he's man. super chill, and he's a nice guy, and so you don't ever feel like it's. I mean, I he's not in my office with a camera all the time or ever. No. So it's I don't know how maybe Sean after a whole twelve hour, fourteen hour day, it's like, would you please get the hell out? <laughs> Um, I'm talking to my wife and right. you're like, but no, Josh has been, has been great and he knows, you know, he'll, he'll push to get the shot that he wants, but he, you know, it's in a way that everyone just discreet. Also, once you see the first finished pro, like the first episode that he came out with, everyone was like, yeah, hell yeah. We've like let's right do, let's here. do more of this. It was awesome. Yeah. Season one. And I have no doubt season two is going to be, yeah. uh, going to be great as well. And, uh, I don't know whether Josh has got in and, and got a look at. Hoff's Google search history or not, whether or not that's something we really need to be exposed to. But <laughs> No, no close-ups. <laughs> uh, this is fun, man. I always appreciate it when you come in. And, uh, you know, we're going to try and do a couple things here throughout the off-season with, uh, with some other guys around uh, around the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks. And, Absolutely. And maybe we'll allow you to tag along and be part of that as well. So I'm like a master's of ceremony. I'm just going to take the hosting job away. You don't even need to be here. Uh, that'd be great. <laughs> fact why don't you just do this over at the office fantastic there's no beer there that's the problem go sentence go yeah oh i thought we were gonna get out of here being civil to each other so close your team was way better than mine so just take it sure is man it sure is hey josh norris as we sit here right now again you pointed out a little after six on wednesday night josh norris returns to the lineup yeah but he's not taking face offs which makes me nervous about his like level of shoulderness right now but we'll see like the guy's a legitimately a, a top end center yeah. in the league. He can score, he can whatever. But if you're already saying, Hey, he's not going to take face offs. Well, then can he take, you know, that I'm all for easing him in time. for a couple games, no face offs. But if it's like three weeks from now and he's still not taking face offs, well, all it says to me is, is he ready or not? I know. Like, and we've gone through this before. Right. With Pinto. Last Pinto year, so. exactly is the example. And so now if he's going to play on a line with Giroux, Giroux is a perfectly capable face off guy. Yeah. Right. But you're like, uh, is this guy back or not? And that part would, yeah. uh, look there as we sit here now, I think nine points back with six teams to pass. Let's go. It's over, right? Yeah. It's probably over. It's probably over. Yeah. It's probably over. Uh, you're going to get one more round than us again. <laughs> this might be the year <laughs> where we have huge success and make it two rounds. No, we're sitting here right now staring down exactly what we were staring at last year. Tampa Bay in the first round. And the only thing left with 40 games to go is, are we at home or is Tampa at home on game one? That's Let's all go. there's left to play for. This format sucks, man. These pl- This playoff format it's not stinks. Not it great. stinks. Uh, that's it, man. I appreciate you coming in. We're going to do this again, like I said, a couple of times here throughout the winter. And uh, yeah. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, man. Always a pleasure. That's Chris Hoffley. He's on Instagram, at Hoff on Sports. He's on Twitter, at Chris Hoffley. Although I have noticed you're maybe healthily on Twitter a little less than you used to be. Yeah, is that I'm a, still is that on as much. I just try not to wax poetic quite as frequently. <laughs> okay, all right.
That's fair. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio. Give us a follow there. Don't forget, by the time you hear this, episode one of Behind the R, season two, will be up on the Red Blacks website and their YouTube page. Links in the show notes at TallCanAudio.com. For Chris Hoffley, my name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you all next time. What the hell is that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy? <laughs> <laughs>